0: Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag.
1: We separate our workplace, our jobs, our businesses from our ministry. Do you realize you're all in the ministry? Your business, your job, that's the mission field. And so we are so prone to, and the church hasn't helped in this regard, but we've separated the two. So we go to work. And then we come home, we go to church on Sunday, and never shall the twain meet. And I think that's tragic.
0: You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Varag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of 1 Timothy. Did you know that as a believer in Christ, you're called to be a missionary? As you listen to today's message from Pastor JD, he shares with you that oftentimes today people separate the workplace from ministry. No matter where God has placed you, you are to be a witness for him. You are on God's mission field. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: All right, 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're going to pick it up in verse 7. I'll have those of you that are here, if you're able. If not, that's all right. But if you could stand and you can follow along as I read, beginning in verse 7. The Apostle Paul is writing by the Holy Spirit to a young pastor by the name of Timothy. And he says, verse 7, "'Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training,' verse 8, "'is of some value,' But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. This is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people and especially of those who believe. Command, verse 11, and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. I don't have that problem anymore. (laughs) But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, verse 13, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them, fully to them, so that everyone may see your progress. And verse 16, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. I want to talk with you today about the paramount importance of revisiting and even reprioritizing our lives, especially concerning what really matters now with everything that's happening in the world in this, the last hour of human history. And it is the last hour of human history. You'll forgive the bluntness with which I say this, but the world today is most unforgiving of living casual cotton candy Christian lives. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, we can no longer play church. We can no longer be casual and half-hearted about the things of God. We are living in a world today that doesn't allow for that. We may have gotten by before, but there's no way we would ever survive, let alone thrive, if we don't revisit and reprioritize our lives and really take a step back and keep everything on the table, nothing's off the table, and reevaluate, what about this? What about that? We're in a different world today, would you agree? You think about what's happened in the last seven months, six months, how fast? Things have changed, how drastic and dramatic the changes have been. Can you imagine what's going to happen if we're still here (laughs) in the next six, seven months? This is what the Apostle Paul is instructing Timothy to do in the text that is before us today. Namely, that of keeping his priorities straight in the midst of the crisis he faced. And he was facing tremendous difficulty and hardship there in Ephesus. In fact, at the beginning of the letter, Paul commands him not to leave. He wanted to leave. He didn't want to stay and deal with all of the problems that he was facing there. And so Paul is encouraging him, instructing him, and really redirecting him in terms of his focus and his priority on what really matters. You know, that's the thing about a crisis, right? It has this way of sort of forcing us to really revisit and reprioritize what's really important. And it takes a crisis to do that. And that's what's happening here with Timothy. Difficulties and hardships in life redirect our attention so we don't waste time on frivolous and nebulous pursuits. I am personally of the belief that we have entered into a period of human history that is the likes of which we've never seen before, nor will we ever see again. again. And there is no time for things that don't matter. As I was praying and really seeking the Lord and preparing my heart for today's sermon, I really inquired of the Lord as to what it was that the Spirit was saying to us as a church today. Let him who has ears hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. All Scripture is God-breathed, No scripture is given just to fill up space on the page. (laughs) All scripture is inspired for reproof, instruction, rebuke, if need be, direction. And so what the Lord ministered to me was that he has a word for us in this world in which we are living. And by the way, our text today, it could have been written for us today. I mean it's almost verbatim for us in the midst of this crisis that we're in. So I found five, you might find more, but I found five redirecting priorities, if I can say it like that, that we as Christians would do well to pursue if we hope to bode well in the days that lie ahead. Now, I have to warn you that there is no new revelation here. Much of what we're going to see here is really fundamental and foundational and basic, starting with this first one in verses 7 and 8, and it's that of spiritual exercise or training. Here Paul exhorts Timothy to not waste his time on superstitions or traditions, wives tales or fables. (laughs) These are traditions of man, but instead to invest his time in spiritual exercise. Now just indulge me for a moment if you wouldn't mind, because this is a thing for me, when it comes to physical exercise. I don't exercise physically. I bet you couldn't tell, right? That I'm just this, you know, picture of, you know. (laughs) Not that there's nothing wrong with that, but what Paul is saying here is, yeah, it has benefits. You know, it, it, it will benefit physical exercise, physical training, but it won't last. It does have health benefits. You know, I was thinking about this this last week again. Just indulge me, please. Humor me. So, I don't know what it is, but, you know, some food is just, it's of God. And, you know, it's, so I look at that food and I just think, thank you, Lord. And then I think, wait, um, if I eat that, um, my pants are going to get tighter. And, you know, my shirts won't fit. And, you know, what's happening is, I, I think it's a conspiracy because all of my clothes are shrinking. <laughs> and I don't get on the scale anymore. I got on this, the last time I got on the scale, I looked at that number and I started praying in my prayer language. <laughs> oh, Lord, come quickly. <laughs> and uh, that was, so I don't get on the scale anymore. You know, and the, and the clothes are tighter and they don't fit as well. So you know what I'm going to do is buy bigger clothes. Thank you very much. That's exactly right. And here's my justification. You, you want to hear it? <laughs> you ready for this? Okay, wait for it. So I'm looking at this body. Got a lot of miles on it. (laughs) And I just think, you know, why invest a lot of energy and time and resource and deprive myself and, you know, work on this body? Because any second now that trumpet's going to sound and I'm getting my new body. listen, that's my story and I'm sticking with it, okay? I could totally get away with this because my wife is not here today. (laughs) Of course, that's not to say that she's not going to watch this later. That's a good thing, right? When your wife wants you to be healthy so you live longer. I guess I would be concerned if she's like, yeah, have some bacon grease. (laughs) How much was that life insurance policy again? Anyway, enough of me, enough of my problems. (laughs) But I think you get the point here, right? What Paul is saying, okay, yeah, hey, that's great. You guys are into health and running and physical exercise, and that's great, it has benefits, but it won't last. You want to know what will last, not only in this life, but for eternal life? Spiritual exercise. Again, this is my story, and I'm sticking with it. (laughs) I remember a few years back, several years ago now, my wife commented uh, to somebody about how that I I wasn't physically buffed, (laughs) but I was spiritually buffed. Yeah. (sighs) Is that pride? Okay. (sighs) Now, Stay with me because I don't want you to miss the point here with all the silliness and the humor and the illustrations. But think about the benefits of physical exercise and superimpose that in the realm of spiritual exercise. In the spiritual realm, in the spirit, we can be so strong, so buffed, if you wish so ripped. You should see my spiritual (laughs) six-pack. I mean, and (laughs) that's what Paul is saying. That's what will last. That's what will really be of benefit. And again, let's talk about the time that we invest in what we do on a daily basis. And please understand, I'm not talking about, listen, (laughs) you know, we got to go to work i mean in in this day and age we should be very grateful that we have a job right so we got to go to work we got to you know you know work for a living and provide and so i get that but don't fall prey to this notion that there's this separation between the secular and the sacred and i'll explain what i mean by that i think we do err greatly when We separate our workplace, our jobs, our businesses from our ministry. Do you realize you're all in the ministry? Your business, your job, that's the mission field. And so we are so prone to, and the church hasn't helped in this regard, but we've separated the two. So we go to work, and then we come home. We go to church on Sunday, and never shall the twain Meet, And I think that's tragic. Our business, our job, that is our ministry. And God can use us no matter what it is that you do. You might be thinking to yourself, well, <laughs> if you knew what I did for a living, you'd be surprised. In fact, let me uh, take it a step further and suggest that you can have more of an impact than somebody like me behind this pulpit as a pastor can have. You know why? Because you're not the pastor. You would be surprised, maybe shocked, to know how quickly and how high (laughs) the walls go up as soon as somebody knows that I'm a pastor. Oh, reverend, don't call me reverend. (laughs) I mean, their whole disposition, their whole countenance, their language changes. Oh, excuse my French. Listen, my dad taught French in high school. Uh, That wasn't French, just so we're clear. (laughs) But everything changes. It's kind of like the wall goes up, because now I'm the clergy, and they're the laity. And there's this huge chasm. But you can reach places where someone like myself cannot. Spiritual exercise, spiritual training, implies... Sweat, work, two things that I, (laughs) I mean, when it comes to physical exercise, you know, well, I better not go there because, okay, I will. (laughs) It's your fault. (laughs) I just think about what we, when I say we, I'm talking about in the broader sense, what we subject our bodies to all for the sake of that which will not last. I think about the Apostle Paul, when he talks about, and he's referring to the ancient games that we know today as the Olympics. He's saying, we we train, we work, we, we deprive ourselves, and we train ourselves, and we put ourselves through all of this for a wreath that doesn't last. How much more should we do that for the crown that will? That's what Paul's talking about. One last thing. Did I say one last thing yet? Okay, this will be the last thing on this point. Don't start closing your Bibles yet. We're not anywhere close to being done. So, <laughs> okay. Okay, I got to help me out, Lord, on this one, okay? Okay. Do you realize that for all eternity, we will be doing that which we had done here on earth, proportionate to what we did here in the span of maybe 70 years, 80 years, however long your life here on earth is, your life lived here, will determine your eternal life forever. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. There's uh, varying, differing measures of treasures in heaven. Matthew 6, Jesus said, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where the IRS, I mean the thief comes in and steals. (laughs) Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust cannot destroy, where thief cannot break in and steal. And then he says this, and it's really profound, and it can be easily missed at first read. He says, where your heart, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Notice he doesn't say it the other way around. It doesn't say where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. No, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Where's your investment? What's the master passion of your life? Is it in the things of this world, which is passing away? Or is it laid up in heaven, awaiting? And it is not vulnerable or susceptible or accessible to anything that in any way would diminish it. Spiritual exercise. The second one is in verses 9 through 11, and it's very simply again, very fundamentally, (laughs) trusting God. Here, Paul makes it clear, in no uncertain terms really, that our only hope is in Jesus as our Savior, in whom we put all our trust. Now, by virtue of Paul saying this, there's an implication here. And the implication is, don't put your trust in any man. Don't waste your time. Put your trust in God. If there was ever a time that the world is looking for hope, and a Savior to save us, because we need saving, (laughs) it is now. But here's the problem. We talked about this in the Prophecy Update today, actually. Innate within us is this need for heroes. We put men on pedestals upon which they do not belong. And God is a jealous God, not of us, for us. And, you know, in the, in the first two commandments, one would think that God is declaring, thou shalt not have any other gods before me, because I'm God, and I said so. No. It's the opposite. It's more like this. Not the Ten Commandments, as one said, it's the tender commandments. From a loving tender, heavenly Father who loves us so much. And he says, don't don't have these other gods with a little g because those gods are not gods.
0: It's easy to read the book of First Timothy and think it only applies to pastors. But the Word of God is always inclusive. This means you can glean something from every page, no matter who you are. So don't let your social status, job, age, or how long you've been a Christian hinder you from diving into the Bible. It's full of wisdom that you can apply to your life. As you listen to Pastor J.D.'s message today, we pray your faith was impacted in a powerful way. If you missed any part of this message or would like to hear others like it, just visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. There you'll find an archive of teachings as well as other helpful tools in your walk with the Lord. We always love to hear from our listeners, too. If you have a specific prayer request or any questions, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us through our contact form on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. You'll find it under the About tab. If you're in the Kaneohe area, we'd love to connect and have you join us for our worship services. Always feel free to bring your friends and family along too. It's a great time of fellowship and learning about God with Pastor JD. Be sure to let us know that you're a listener of In Spirit and Truth when you visit. You can find out more about Calvary Chapel Kaneohe at our website. Or find us on our media platforms to stay up to date with all things concerning Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. With that, our time with you has come to an end. Thanks for being part of our study here today. We hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth.